0: Here today, do we believe that? Morning in the dance and graves in the gardens. Wow, there's nothing like Jesus Christ and having a relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. All right, wow. Well, I tell you what, we're going to go three or four hours today. You ready? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, it's nothing like Baptism Sunday to be able to celebrate all that God has done. In the lives of each and every one of these people here today. And all three services, in fact, across the campuses, there's over 61 people getting baptized. People are trying to say, yeah. People are trying to say that God is gone. God is, No, you know what? God is showing up big time. And we're seeing God moving the hearts of people all over this world. And so praise Him for that. Woo! Well, I tell you what. Switching gears, last week we finished the seven deadly sins, right? (laughs) We finished the seven deadly sins. Pastor Charles preached on uh, the last one, which was lust, and I was preaching on the same thing over in Port Clinton. And now we're continuing on in the wisdom literature series, okay? But we're not looking at the deadly sins anymore. We're basically looking at Psalms, okay? Psalms 121 is going to be the one we're going to look at today. But before we get rolling with that, I'm gonna ask you a question, okay? I like to start off a lot of times with a question. The question is, if you were going on a road trip or if you were going, uh, let's say, to work out, pump some iron, or you were going perhaps on a real long run, what would be on your playlist? What would be the songs that would be kind of your go-to songs? And before I reveal mine to you right now, Remember, this is a non-judgment zone, okay? So no judging, all right? So here's what mine would be if it's a workout or something like that. So number one, Gonna Fly Now. Oh, by Rocky, the Rocky soundtrack. My favorite movies, one, two, three, four, five, six, all of them, okay? I, I can bench a 1,000 pounds, I feel like. Not really, but when I, whenever I'm listening to that, okay? Then the other one is, everybody dance now, bum Right? I'm gonna make you sweat? Eric, Eric Lapata and I, we're gonna be hitting that one big time at night to shine, I bet. So we're gonna be doing some slam dancing there. Next one is Speak Life, right? By Toby Mack. Speak Life. That we need, God speaks life into our hearts. We need to be able to speak life into others. And then the last one, ooh, this one, this is the one that gets me all emotional and weepy. This is God is in the story. By Big Daddy Weave, Katie Nicole, came out a year or so ago. And I tell you what, God has used that big time in my life over and over again. But when we look at these songs, okay, these are absolutely amazing songs for me, maybe not for you, but for me. But what's interesting is over 3,000 years ago, which was when Psalm 121 was approximately written, they didn't have this thing called Spotify. They didn't have. Apple Music. They didn't even have CDs or 8 tracks, okay? They didn't have anything, but they did have a road trip playlist of songs that they would sing. You realize that? So when you open up Psalm 121, which we're going to be looking at today, you will see these words under the title that says something similar to this. Check it out. Oops. It says, a song for pilgrims, ascending to Jerusalem. Hmm. Now, a pilgrim is one who's traveling somewhere specifically. A lot of times we think of the word pilgrim, we automatically think of Thanksgiving, and that's coming up, and we all love Thanksgiving. But really, a pilgrim is traveling somewhere specific. And in this case, the person would be traveling to Jerusalem, which was the central, central place to worship God. And Psalm 121 is a part of of a collection of psalms called the Songs of Ascents, okay? The Songs of Ascents, that pilgrims would literally sing. They would sing from the hearts, and it would be on this road trip playlist on their journey to Jerusalem. They would sing these psalms to reflect upon life and faith and God, right? Reflection, reflection many times Is something we don't want to do a whole lot. We don't want to stop on this treadmill of life to actually reflect. But many times I challenge you guys, when you read the word of God, read it, review it, and then reflect upon what God's word is saying to you. That's that reflection piece. They're reflecting on these things. And I love, love the imagery that this all conjures up for us. You see, all of us in many respects are pilgrims. All of us here are in some sort Of journey of faith. Some of us know exactly where we're going, right? While others of us maybe, maybe we're feeling just kind of a little lost. Maybe we're feeling like the the journey is coming to some kind of halting stop in some ways. Regardless of where we are, this psalm is written, it's written for all of us as pilgrims to reflect then upon that life, that faith in God's character, as we then take our next step, whatever the step may be, that next step in our faith journey. So because of time, we're only going to be able to dive in to the first couple of verses here of Psalm 21. But I want to read all of it to you because it's a beautiful song to sing along the journey. So here we go. It says, I lift my eyes to the mountains, forevermore isn't that beautiful those first couple of verses i lift my eyes up i don't know about you but years ago when i was first kind of walking with the lord i remember singing actually there was a song that was written right out of psalm 121 that took those verses where we lift our eyes up and as we look at verse one we look to the fact that i lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from Where is my help coming from? The psalmist is at a point on his journey where he's questioning some things. Maybe we've been questioning different things as we're on this journey. It could be because he's incurred potential physical danger from robbers that maybe were seeking to harm him on his pilgrimage. Or it could have been he's simply emotionally or spiritually exhausted. You ever been there? Emotionally, spiritually exhausted because all that he's been through, and then thinking of the long journey that's still ahead of him. And he asks, what do I do now? Where do I turn? Who or what is gonna help me? I imagine all of us have found ourselves in this place. Maybe we've asked these same types of questions. Often it's when we're struggling. Maybe we're struggling with doubt. Or maybe it's fear Maybe it's some kind of pain, maybe it's a deep hurt, a deep wound that we're still trying to heal from. Or when we go through the death of a loved one, or job loss, maybe it's a relational strife where we just can't seem to work things out with somebody else, or when we find ourselves basically on the ground, on the ground losing another battle to some type of an addiction, maybe some type of a habit that we just can't seem to shake. The natural response for all of us is to stop and to look around hoping that we see something, something, anything that can help us through this pain. So where do we turn for help? For the psalmist, his gaze turns from himself to the mountains, right? And we may think the mountains here is some type of a metaphor for God reigning on high, but in actuality, the mountains really symbolize things like comfort, prosperity, or other false gods that would make false promises to somehow protect us from their evil. In other words, the mountains represented, in many ways, the easy, the quick fix to a traveler that may look temporarily ease his troubles Hmm. see the psalmist here is at a crossroads maybe some of you here today are at a crossroads the psalmist does he choose the quick fix does he choose the easy way out even though it would possibly cause him to change course altogether what does he do or does he turn his attention to almighty god who longs to help him stay the course, who is the only one that can help him stay the course and keep him on that right path. He's the only one. It's a battle that all of us constantly face on this journey. When pain comes, and we pause to consider where our help comes from, sometimes, if we're honest, it's easy to rely on the immediate, isn't it? The things that promise help right now we're always about the here, the now, even though in the end, it's gonna cause damage. It's gonna cause damage to our souls if we do that quick, easy fix. It was Seth Haynes who said in his memoir, Coming Clean, this is what he said, we all chase, all reach for something to curse this kindred pain, this native groaning, a nurse an appetite for liquor, I suppose I could have turned to things eternal. Didn't Jesus promise us rest? But we seem to have a way of losing ourselves in our man-made salves, the bottle, the pill, the cheeseburger, the self-inflicted starvation. See, often maybe we cry out in the midst of that pain that we're going through. And maybe we even say, God, I thought you were good! God, I thought you were good. I thought you loved me. I thought you had a plan. I thought you had a purpose for my life. What is going on here, God? And maybe you've cried out to God like that at times. But the problem is sometimes we never allow God himself to answer the question because we settle for a lesser help that basically pushes God. It pushes him out of the picture of our lives Instead of allowing him to come in and to meet us in our pain, to have his very presence surround us, envelop us. See, Psalm 121, 2. At his fork in the road, the psalmist finally answers his own question after he pauses to look at the possible help that could come from the mountains. Then he declares, he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven, the maker of earth. Wow. That's a confident declaration. It's almost as if the psalmist is saying, I don't know what's going to happen in the next minute, in the next hour, the next day, the next 10 years. I don't have a clue. I have no control over what boulders may be coming my way, but I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm trusting in him. Here's what I know. I will not seek help in something that will make promises it cannot keep, something that will give hope but render me hopeless. On my pilgrimage, my refuge, my comfort, my hope is in the one who is both the creator and the sustainer, the one who is good, the one who is trustworthy. For my help doesn't come from the mountains It doesn't come from these mountains. It comes from the maker of those mountains. And my help doesn't come from created things that we look to, to somehow ease that pain. It comes from the creator, not the created things. And throughout the rest of Psalm 121, the psalmist reaffirms his confidence in God. He declares, not once, not twice, but five different times that God watches over him both in this life and for all of eternity, that he finds security, he finds freedom in Christ. Isn't that what we desire? We desire some sense of security. We desire freedom, but it's only found through Christ. So let's make it personal for us today, right now. Wherever you are on this pilgrimage, okay, wherever you are, ask yourself the question, where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? What would your life look like if you answered that question the way the psalmist answered, declaring that God, God is your only source of hope while then renouncing the other ways that lead you down the wrong path? That God, is your only sense of hope. Today, we had the wonderful privilege of watching our friends step into that tank and to be baptized. They were like everyone else where they were at some point at a fork in the road, right? And yet when asked, where does my help come from? They declared, my help, my hope is found in God alone. The one who left the comforts of heaven to also walk a path similar to mine. And yet, unlike me, he was perfect. Unlike me, he was flawless, never giving in to the selfish desires of sin even once. This allowed him then to be that perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins. Yeah. And then the three days later, We know that he arose again to give us eternal life and abundant life through him, not through any of the mountains, but through Jesus Christ. And you see, for the rest of their lives, they wanna live on purpose. They wanna live for a purpose. And that purpose is to make Jesus known in all that they do. And that needs to be our responsibility to help them along those journeys, right? Right? along that pilgrimage, and to help each other as well. And maybe you're here today, and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ. I wanna encourage you. I wanna challenge you. Do that today. Realize that he is the one that is gonna be your help. He is the one that's gonna help you on this pilgrimage of faith. We're gonna have the worship team come up now. I'm gonna close this in prayer. And uh, feel free to stay if you'd like. If you need to go, that's totally fine as well. But I'm gonna close us in prayer. And as the worship team plays, feel free to sing or, or depart, okay? Dear Lord God, we love you.